Hello and welcome to the Raising Athletes podcast, season five. We have been doing this since 2019. I am so proud of us. Proud <laughs> of you. Us. We us. are doing we this are together. Amazing. We are amazing. Yes. I am Kirsten Jones. I'm a peak performance and sports parenting coach and also a recent author on Raising Empowered Athletes, which I got to spend the last four or five months out on the road and I'm continuing into 2024. So if you're looking for opportunities to get someone in front of your athletes, your parents, your coaches, that's what I love to do. And I love connecting with this amazing woman, Susie Walton. Let, I'll let her introduce herself. I'm Susie Walton. I'm the founder of Indigo Village. I, too, am an author of an amazing parenting book called The Key to Personal Freedom, How Myths Affect Our Family Lives. I'm a mom of four kids. I'm a grandmother to nine kids. I love sports. I love our podcast. I love everything I do in my life. And I'm always so blessed and excited when I get to share the screen with you, my sister. Oh, yay! Yeah, our love affair started back in, I want to say like 2008 or nine, and we got to meet each other on Moonlight Beach and playing volleyball together. And yes, getting to bond over, I think it's fun when you meet somebody and you can tell just, I mean, that's what I, one of the beauties of sport is like, you can see how people react to things. And even though both of us were past our prime volleyball career, we were both still so competitive. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> and I, I'm talking to you about opportunities and dreaming and visioning and we're kicking off 2024 and so I thought let's start the year talking about the, the biggest thing I think both of us have clients come to us on is getting out of fear and getting into action and so many times we let that voice in our head oh you're not good enough oh that's never going to happen oh you're never going to make that team oh your kid's not good enough and that becomes that voice is that's telling you whether or not you should take a risk so I thought it would be great today. Let, we're going to talk about the power of manifesting and, and how to get what you want in 2024. Yeah. And like you said earlier, when we were talking before the podcast started, like, you know, yes, we're doing it now, but we can do it anytime throughout the year. We don't have to wait till next January. So whenever you have a new idea, thought of what you want to manifest, you take action. And we're going to give you the action steps today. Yeah, by the statistics show that by February 14th, by Valentine's Day, 80% of us will have given up on our New Year's resolutions, right? So we don't want to look at this as a New Year's resolution. I like to look at this as a daily practice. But again, if you're listening to this in June or July or October, it doesn't matter. It's how do I want to show up today? And so um, we, we were both inspired by Mel Robbins. She's a, a, a life coach and a speaker and an author as well. And she talks a lot about this. And so we were both inspired by a video we saw hers. And we thought, let's talk about it on a, on a bigger level with what happens for our kids and for ourselves. Um, and so talking about the f kind of four steps in, in getting what you want. So the first, first step is giving yourself permission to actually feel like you deserve what you want. You know, so often we want that we don't think we deserve, right? And, and for all of us, our core belief is set by age seven. So sometimes, oftentimes, most of the time, we get messages before we get to the age of reason. You know, our core beliefs are still being cemented. And here we are hearing, you're not good enough. Why don't you try harder? You know, why is your room always a mess? Da, 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 you know, and so 
we start hearing these and then we start believing it. And it's not the truth of who we are. It's the stories that we've heard or the stories that we create as a result of what we hear. So that's yes. number one is to recognize that, you know, in that moment. So what do you tell parents when you're working with young kids, when, they, when their kids are four, five, six, seven, right? Like, how do you, if you're a parent of a younger child, how do you make sure you're not doing, like putting in things that are going to hardwire into their negativity? Well, I was just doing it with one of my grandkids the other day. Um, he's five and he's like shooting baskets. He's like, I'm going to do my best. And if he didn't make it, he goes like, that wasn't my best. I promise you my next one's my best. I said, listen, buddy, in that moment, that was your best. Now you can make it try another shot and that might feel better to you. But every moment of every shot, that is your best in the moment. So when we're always saying to our kids, do your best, as long as you did your best. Well, parents, do you always do your best when you're unloading a dishwasher? No, you're doing your best in that moment, and it might be 10%, but you're going to do it. So it's not a, you know, let's not feed that message as long as you do your best, because we are, all of us are always doing our best in whatever situation, and it's always going to look different depending on how much we slept, how much we worked out, what's going on in our world. So that's one of those messages that we want to, you know, and saying, you know, good job. You know, we keep saying, good job. So proud of you. Our kids are learning. Like it becomes very external. Did I do good? You know, versus you did it, Mm -hmm. and they go, "Yeah, I did it." I'm like, "How did that feel? Felt good." So now the the core belief is being set that it's about how they feel, not what the outside audience is chirping in. So those are a couple. I remember when we were living in Carlsbad, and I would volunteer to go in and teach. They didn't have an art program so they would let the parents come in and teach the art class and so you'd get to go into this little art supply place and pick out a lesson and then go into the classroom and they're you know first second third fourth grade and I was always astounded by the number of kids that said yeah I'm not an artist I'm like what do you mean (laughs) you're eight (laughs) every eight-year-old's an artist (laughs) yeah we're all artists right but already there were baking, there were baked in limiting beliefs about what was possible, mm-hmm. right? About, and, and again, you don't know where they come from. Some kids just come out of the oven that way, I guess. Others are, you know, and so parents, I mean, what I like to say is my, be mindful of your words because, you know, and you hear it all the time. Well, she, she can't sing. We know she won't be a singer, right? Like you start saying those kind of things that you think are throwaway comments or, wow, she's, you know, stick with the basketball. Obviously your art's not your thing. And you say it as a joke or you're teasing, but it's amazing how something that you think of as fairly innocuous can become this limiting belief that gets hardwired in there that you never, the child never gives themselves permission to even try. Yeah. And so moving it up to the adult world, for you parents that, you know, are stuck in some of those things, like, well, I'm not good enough. I won't be able to do that. I, I never give up my best. I always give up. You want to start reframing yourself and what you're going on in your conversation in your head. And one way to help get out of that is like to close your eyes and go back to a time that you were a child. And like let's say your mom or dad or older sister, someone gave you that message. Well, instead of having them give that message, reframe it to the message that you wish you would have heard. Because our brain, we it doesn't know what's right or what's wrong or what's it's what it's all our mind knows is what we tell it 
So we can do a simple reframe by reframing the messages that are coming into us. And if you can't imagine your big sister ever doing that, then pick another sister, <laughs> pick an auntie or someone that gives you, or a teacher or a coach, and gives mm -hmm. you that message that you can do it so that you can start manifesting. Yes. Okay. So you got to, I know we can't clear our slate, but we can actually reduce the noise and reduce the negativity so that I believe you have to believe that you're worthy of whatever it is you truly want, right? So step number one, give yourself permission, right? Number two is see yourself taking the steps. And this one is hard because it's like, yeah, I can sit there and wish to make the best team or, you know, get all the playing time or win the award or have my kid get into X college, but, or school, but can I actually visualize the steps to get there? Uh, exactly. And sometimes you won't be able to, and that's okay too, but look at it, you know, what if, so what are those steps that you're willing to take? And that's that part where you're like, we'll talk about it later at the end of our broadcast, but our podcast is like to think of someone who has done it already and what steps did they take? You know, if you need something to mirror off. And I think too, finding somebody who may be one or two steps ahead of you, or it could be a coach or a teacher or, or a parent, but sometimes we need somebody who believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And Hey coach, do you, do you see me, you know, being able to do this skill and having a, having a coach say, I see you right? Like I get that you're capable of this. That's all they'll need. Okay, great. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to really work hard. And just that one little statement can completely change how they show up. Yeah. hundred percent. That one statement is incredible. Incredibly painful. So many of the best of the best day. It was that one person, that one statement, the person who believed in me, the person who told me to go for it. So, you know, we all need that that statement or that person in our life. My oldest son, he finished undergrad and he's now doing grad school and gets to still play. Um, he, because of COVID and because he graduated in three years, he didn't have a great undergrad experience. COVID and all this, it just, it wasn't a positive sports experience. He's at this grad school that's D3, so it's a lower level. He's having the best time of his life. He says, I walk into the gym at 10 in the morning and this coach goes, it is a great day to be CJ Jones. He's like, I am so excited to have you here today. You know, he and this kid who six months ago was in the fetal position thinking, I don't even know if I want to play basketball anymore, hmm. was, was like, he goes, Mom, I just feel so seen. I feel so valued. And it's amazing that this gentleman understands that. He's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I just love the guys. I just want to be there to support them. And I love them whether they're going to score 30 or whether they're going to come off the bench for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's great. That's good for that's so That's so good. That's that person. Um, and back to like in taking steps, I was just thinking about like when I'm teaching parenting, I, I tell parents like, don't, you've got some great tools now, but don't go out and think you're going to do it 24 seven. It's like training for a marathon. You would just be like, oh, I want to run a marathon. So you go run 26 miles your first day after never running. That wouldn't ever work. So when it comes to taking steps, you only have to know two or three steps ahead. Like, you know, for 30 minutes today, I'm going to go shoot baskets or I'm going to go bump the volleyball by myself or I'm going to, you know, do some baseball swings or whatever it is. Like, you know, small, take in small steps, baby steps. 
because otherwise the big picture can look so overwhelming and it's when we feel overwhelmed that we quit so don't go over don't go to the big yet just what two or three steps are you going to take today in order to get going yeah we only need to know what's directly in front of us we don't have to know what what's at the end of the road and we can't really know honestly so it's that's not important really it right? really is focusing on what can i do today so number 2 see yourself taking the steps number 3 feel yourself doing it you know you feel it you're going to feel it you know when you when you're on that track when you actually are wanting to achieve something you can feel the joy and the excitement. Like when I first started teaching parenting classes, I had no idea how to market stuff, right? So I would like make a hundred flyers and go to schools and collate them and put them in a kid's boxes. I would do all that. And I didn't know if it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing, but I do know it made me feel confident and it conf like, like this is the right thing. I had no idea because I hadn't had any results before that. But because it felt right to me, I kept doing it. Now, mm -hmm. on another example is when people's like, oh, I can't take your class tonight. But if you ever have on a Tuesday night, please call me. And I have this list of people to call. Oh, here's tonight. I have a Tuesday night coming up. Oh, Tuesday doesn't work for me either. Let me know on <laughs> a Thursday. And so I realized that wasn't how I wanted to do this teaching thing. So I started telling people when they said that to me, listen, when you're ready to take the class, you call me and I will let you know what nights I have classes. So you can kind of monitor if you're doing it in a way that's going to get you where you want to go by how you feel inside. Not what people are telling you, but what does it feel like to you? Well, and I think it's a good indication too. So you say, when the, oh, I definitely want to take the parenting class. Oh, can't, that doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. So then you have to say, do I really want to take the parenting class or do I just want to be the person who says they're going to take the parenting class? Right. So yeah. any goal, right? Like I, I just had my writing coach on a couple of weeks ago and he said, you know, there are two types of people, people who want to write a book who will actually write the book. And there are people that just want to talk about writing a book. Right. I, and I think that goes for anything, right? Like either you're, so when we talk about manifesting and getting out of fear, like if it's something that you truly desire, then you will be willing to do the work. And if you don't, that's okay. Maybe it's not for you right now. Maybe it's just not mm -hmm. the right time. There might be other things going on. No judgment, but being honest with yourself about, hmm, maybe I really don't, don't wanna take the classes right now and why? Or at least identifying what's holding me back from making this commitment. Yeah, and for your kids, when you're working with your kids, like they wanna be in the, in the league, in the NBA, but they're not willing to practice. Part of that is going to take go back to that step one of even believing that you're capable and something that you actually deserve. So for them to you know walk them through that and then to take the steps that we talked about, right? And then to start having like you don't. I know we don't feel like it, but just go out there, shoot ten buckets, and see how you feel afterwards. Because it's like a whole new massage. You know, massaging a whole new muscle that uh, you know on so many levels of what they need to do to become the player they want to be. So it's, again, keeping it tiny for them, too. And the feeling piece, and, like, when I work with athletes and tell them to write down what it is that they want, I call it remembering the future. So you want to go have a 30-point game good. tomorrow. You want to go score the goal. Write it down as if it's already happened. And I love, like, I walk into the gym. The hoop is 30 feet wide. 
My friends are all high, high-fiving me. I just opened the brand new pair of Nikes that I can't wait to... I can smell it. I can taste it. I can feel it. Like, I, I've already played the game before I've taken the court. Yeah, and when I, you can write something down like that and you like get excited just thinking about it, right? Like, and sometimes I'll do that with a client and I'll take them through and you just see them and I'm like, what do you think? Oh my gosh, can I go play right now? That's the feeling that you want to get in order to get the results you want. I love that. Remember the future. That's good, girl. <laughs> Remember hope you, the did you, I hope you coined that one. Remember the future. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's getting out of what, I want, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but thinking about it as a, as a dream that will never happen. Mm -hmm. And you are the writer, the director, the producer. You get to put the cast in. You you are Hollywood, baby. This is your movie, and you get to you get to sh say how you show up. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, I'm not saying it's a guarantee for going perfect. In fact, I I actually had that exact thing happen to me when I started thinking about the book, and. I had this clear meditation where I was standing on the Tiger Woods stage back at Nike speaking about my book. And I literally started levitating. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Fast forward seven years, I was back on the Nike campus. I wasn't on the Tiger Woods stage, but I was in Le the LeBron James building, which was also pretty freaking cool. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, wow, I actually did it. It wasn't a direct line. It wasn't like, ooh, this is going to happen. And next week it happened. It was one, but it was one of those North Stars for me mm -hmm. that kept me going. Remember the future. Remember the future. And also, so, you know, to remember that it's not, it, like you just said, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, bells and whistles three days later. It's a whole different venue. Like you're not expecting anywhere how it was looked, right? And all the stuff you had to go through and all the things, the experiences you went with you with your kids when they were being, you know, coming up in sports and the ups and the downs. And so much of that led to all of you being, you know, that part of you being on that stage. for. So to teach that to your kids, model it to your kids, it doesn't, we don't know what it's going to look like. We just know. It's like for me, you use, you use the movie in Hollywood. I use right, you're the author of your story, your book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every book needs ups and downs. It makes mm -hmm. the book more exciting and interesting. You know, like, oh, then. They did this and they became that end of story. But then you know that the end of, like I would say, I know at the end of my story, my life, it's going to be good. And it's going it's to be an exciting book to read my life because there's so many ups and downs. But I know where it's going. It's like I remember the future. Show me a hero who doesn't have adversity. It doesn't it exist. Right? It, doesn't, it can't. It doesn't. It right? can't. That's the whole point right. of the hero <laughs> is that they're able to overcome the adversity, yeah. Adversity. So when you see your kid, and mine was in the bottom of, you know, his darkest night of the soul last summer with it not having played out the thought the way he thought it would. And it was so hard as a parent to watch him do that. And the only thing I could think was, you can't teach from the wound, you got to teach from the scar, you got to get through this. And then when you get past it, you're going to be able to look back and go, wow, that was hard. That's a huge, that's huge for you parents out there to hear that part. Your kids are going to have those dark nights or, you know, those times when they just want to quit and you're going to want to call a coach and just let them have it or change schools or whatever. You know what? It's be, I'm not saying you can't ever do that, but it, in general, though, those little things like 
let them have the experience of those feelings because that's where our character gets built. That's where all our internal strength comes is from those moments, not the icing on the cake moment. That's just celebration. And if you do go in and and meddle, they don't get the benefit of learning the lesson. Mm -hmm. They have it, have it repaired for them. And then they go on and probably experience it again because they didn't get to go, wow, that was hard. What choices am I going to make? What questions am I going to ask? How am I going to navigate in the future that no guarantees you won't have it again, but at least you'll be, you'll go in with your eyes wide open about what you want to get out of it. Yeah. And the kids can learn so much in those moments. I have a a colleague who ran a program, volleyball program here in San Diego for a, a while. And she said it would make her crazy when parents would come in to complain about their child's lack of playing time or what it's starting time or whatever it might be. And she'd always say, where's, where's the child? Why are you here? If my, your child has a problem with my, me and my, the time or whatever she needs, or he needs to come to me. Well, they're afraid. He's afraid that he needs to learn that it's important. That's the important step in that part is facing the problem, not having you guys swoop in, coach them. Tell them what they, you know, have, work with them on what they need to say to the coach. If you need to call the coach ahead of time and say, hey, Susie's coming in to see you today. I'm just giving you a heads up. She's so scared, but she want, we're wanting her to talk to you about the situation that's going on for her. Learning no coach, how to advocate. No, yeah, advocate for yourself. No coach is like, I don't want to hear from her. I want you parents to come in. <laughs> I don't think any coach would ever say, no, I want you parents. Much more than this kid. Never. Like, never said anyone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Which I, and I don't blame them because that's their job too. I mean, part of it is learning the X's and O's and another part of it, I would think most coaches get into it to help. They love seeing them grow mm-hmm. and seeing them develop and getting a chance to take risks. I was working with a team last night and um, the first tournament they went 0 and 3. And then this past weekend they were in Anaheim and I got to see them play because my daughter was playing next, on the court next to them. And they went, I think, three and one or something. So they had this huge growth. And they they were all so proud of themselves because they were like, wow, we got to feel what it was like. We were a new team. We didn't know each other. We, you know, we were trying to figure things out. And they've already seen the inc- incremental growth. And so I think even just giving them the platform to talk about that gives them confidence to realize, oh, wow, look, in just six weeks, we've made huge strides. What could possibly yeah. happen throughout this season? How exciting is this? Right? Yeah, 100%. So step three, feel yourself doing it. And I would highly recommend our brains don't know the difference between us thinking about something and us actually having every, uh, uh, actually done it. Mm-hmm. So writing it down, not texting it, not putting it in your notes, actually getting out a pen and paper and writing it down and feeling it getting really excited about it. And here's the thing too, if you're like, well, my kid doesn't care, you know, that's not their thing. Well, then you have to question, is it their dream (laughs) or is it yours? (laughs) And that's also another topic, which we could talk for days on. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And number four, take action. So not only thinking about it and visualizing it and imagining seeing yourself doing the steps. Now, now the work begins. Right. It's like, I think we already mentioned it a little bit before, like just a few steps. Like, don't just wait for it to, ha- oh, I'm going to be in the league. 
you know, waiting for the phone call, you know, your kid's 10, right? <laughs> they have to take the steps, right? They have to take action. And again, we don't know what the action is. Your kid may not, you know, I have a 12-year-old granddaughter who's never played on a team, soccer team. She's done camp. She loves soccer, but she, never, she just never got on a team. And this past year, she played on a record. She loves soccer, like loves soccer. And so now mm-hmm. she's going out for club next month. She's 12. She's 13 in April. People say what she's way past the time for making this happen. Her parents don't care. I don't care. We're just so it's so fun to see how much she loves to play. You know, she misses it during the off season. So that's that part. She took she took a step and if she jumped into it. And so, you know, now she's doing some little workouts like she's taking the steps. And she doesn't know if she's going to make it in the high school plane. It doesn't matter right now. Mm-mm. She's learning so much about life and the joy of playing sports and, you know, not giving up and not thinking it's too late. So it's about just take action. And it may, is it a rec league? Good. They don't have to go jump into club or, you know, hire a professional, someone, you know, just let them go play and have that experience. But taking the action, that's how they learn to bring the love into it, into the game. I was interviewed on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and the woman said, well, my son is a like is infatuated with soccer and he's 10. He doesn't have any clue how, you know, he's not that good, but he thinks he's playing in the MLS. Is that wrong that I support that dream? <laughs> what would you say to that? I'm thing? like, no, that's his dream. Like, so what? Like, because what may, what may come will come. He may not be, you know, playing, but he may be running the sports part of the team or the management part. Like, who's to say what it looks like? It's like that, you know, the guy we had off of Nike who developed the um, Michael Jordan shoes, right? Yeah, like yeah. His, right. his dream was to be a like a, yeah. a league, a play in the NBA, and you know, and then he, it never worked. But he became a manufacturer of the shoe, Nike one, the Nike shoes, and now yeah. his shoes are on every court. I mean, it was such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, about that idea of like we think it might be going one way, but why don't crush someone's dream? Yeah. He says so much learning in it. And if you haven't heard that episode, we'll put it in the show notes. But it's yes. Dwayne Edwards, and he when I met him at Nike, I, he worked on a program with me called Pro- Product Creation University. And at the time, he was the creative director for Brand Jordan. He's left Nike and created his own company mm. that teaches people how to design shoes. And it started with him in Compton, you know, basically sketching shoes on his pad because, you know, when the Lakers were working out in the gym, his high school gym, he had that dream that I'm going to play for the Lakers. You know, that never worked out, but look where he landed. He's like, I got to fly the stealth, you know, fighter jet because that was Michael's favorite inspiration. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm getting paid to go (laughs) fly, fly in the DEFCON 4 or whatever it is, you know, like. You don't know where the journey is. I mean, same. I wanted to play on the national team, a little kid from Montana with barely matching knee pads. I never made it to the national team, but I made it to Nike talking about all of the great, with the great athletes, working with the great athletes. You don't know where their journey is going to take them. Allow them to, to feel it. And then to this point, point number four about taking action, what are you going to do today? It's a journey of a thousand miles. It begins with a single step. What are you going to do today? And if you're the kid that's saying, I'm going to sit on my phone, but I really want to play in the MLS, then you have to say, do you? And they'll probably say, yes. We'll say, then, great. And, though, 
you need it, you know, it's it's time for you to start taking some action. This is great, but you know, you now you want to like sink it in, and the best way to sink it in is actually going through it. And you know, they'll yeah. roll their eyes at you, but you know, and again, so have them do it anyway and see how it feels for them, or maybe it's not their thing, you know. So this all leads into so we let's review the four steps. Give yourself permission to to believe that you can have what you want. See yourself taking the steps, number two. Feel yourself doing it by writing it down and actually visualizing it and smelling it and tasting it and remembering the future. And four, taking the daily action. And if those things feel still too overwhelming, we want to talk about a superpower. This is a tool that actually can give you exactly what you want. So it's called objectivity. And I was just, I was hearing that with Mel, Rob, Mel Robbins in her yes. podcast. And it's brilliant. Like, how did I not think of this before? You know, and it, it's like, um, for example, I run parenting seminars. And oftentimes people say, sometimes I'm just sitting there, my kids are all yelling. And I say to myself, what would Susie do? But it's just a statement. And so what Mel was, says in this podcast of hers is like, you know, what would, you know, let's say basketball, what would Kobe do? You know, Kobe would probably shoot a hundred free throws, right? So you take Kobe with you and start, you know, visually visualizing you and Kobe taking a hundred free throws. And then you go out and start shooting the free throws, like visually bring the person along with you on that trip, you know? Um, and for, so I'm, I'm going to start telling the parents in my parenting class, like, if you're, if you're saying that, what would Susie do? Bring me on. What would I do? And do it with it's me. Fun. My my twenty year old son is the one that forwarded me that, which he never forwards me anything. So I was like, oh okay, I got to check this out. And he said, and he's a freshman in college, and he's you know trying to play with the bigger kids, and he's adjusting. And he said, this is such a great tool because now I don't have to. The pressure that they feel to perform is like, oh, I have to do everything perfectly. No, you don't. The power of objectivity is what what would this other person do? What would my hero do? What would this coach tell me to do? And then I can take myself out of it. I don't have to feel the pressure of doing it perfectly. I think yeah. we're in a society now where these kids feel so much pressure to get straight A's, to, you know, you gotta shoot a hundred, you gotta shoot perfect free throws. You gotta never miss the, no, like that's not gonna happen. Um, yeah, it's like, bring him along. It's like what she was saying. It's like, we're really good at cheering other people on. Like, you can do this, man. Go for it, sister. You've got this happening. We're so not great on cheering ourselves along. And that's where you bring one of your heroes with you or someone that you look up to and let them cheer you on, you know, in like a visual way. You're visualizing this. Like, come on, just go out there and make that call. Go on, you know, write that story. Go out and practice those shots. You're like, okay. You know, Kobe's telling me to go shoot. I'm going to go out and shoot, right? It's like, it's a whole, but it's a whole mind game, but it doesn't matter. Cause as we keep mentioning, your mind doesn't know what's the right thing or wrong thing. Your mind just knows what we put in here. So let's, let's bring our cheerleaders in and let them support us on our travels and whatever that journey looks like. And for you parents out there, I'm telling you, 95% of what your kids are going to learn is what you show them, not what you tell them. 5% is what you tell them. So if you're wanting your kids to manifest and, you know, in, in the world of sports or whatever it might be, you start manifesting. And, and I would actually tell them what I'm doing. These are the, mm -hmm. This is my step today for this. This is what I'm wanting to create in my life. 
so that they, you know, and they're like, oh my God, mom, you went to one of those classes again? <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, no, we just heard a great podcast, you know, by these incredible <laughs> women. They're amazing. So we're going to practice <laughs> that. So, and is it going to go perfectly? No, no. Well, what's well, what's gonna... perfect? Yeah. Well, you're going right. to get exactly what you want. You're going to say, this is my desire for 2024 and I'm going to get it by February. No, that's not, that's not the goal of this. The goal is to get good at manifesting. And by manifesting, I mean, I, I would like a good parking spot right now. Okay. I'm driving in the parking lot. Oh, look at great parking. Like you start thinking about, have you ever had that where you're like, just these synchronicities show up or like, I'll, I'll sometimes be hiking and I'm like, I think I, I just feel like there's money around and I'll look down and there's a penny. You know, you're like, oh, like it doesn't have to even be anything big, but what it's doing is training your brain to be looking for what you want, mm -hmm. not be fearful of what you don't. And we spend so much of our time avoiding what we, what we think we're avoiding it, but we're actually manifesting it <laughs> because we're focused on lack focused yes. on loss focused on fear versus focused on creating what you want you know i get those parking spots all the time my parking karma is incredible where i am it's just it's really helpful right now because where i'm not so good is getting parking in the line like getting in lines like like i always look for the shortest line and then something happens to the register and i'm like oh here it is my line <laughs> karma is horrible but as you're talking i'm like whoa if my line is so then quit going for the short line. Start going inside. Like, what line feels the right line for me today? Like, what, what do I need today? And you just go yeah. get in that line and accept for what's ever happening to unleash the flow and let the flow of that line show up for you. Because I don't know. You're I'm just going to play with it. No, you're standing in the line and you talk to the person that you're meant to talk to that day. Yeah. Who, okay, maybe the line was a little bit longer, but that person actually turned around and said, oh, gosh, I, whatever, I would love to collaborate with you. And oh, wow, this op business opportunity came about that would have never come about had I chosen the shorter line because I was so focused on getting only what I wanted or what yeah. I thought I wanted. What I thought I had should be in a quick line. Yeah. So, exactly. okay, I'm going to no. do that. That's going to be really fun. Let's try it. This is going to be fun. I'm going to. <laughs> I have plenty of practice. <laughs> Let's report back. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, parents. This is this is so fun. We are so excited about season five. We're doing this oh, this year. We're... We had a couple of questions, quick questions. That oh, we yeah. Had. That's and, right. Um, one of them was, uh, I got it somewhere. One was, uh, do you recommend a pre-game ritual? Ritual, yeah. That actually ties in nicely with what we've been talking about. I I like to the pre-game ritual starts the night before, and that's remembering the future. So, what are you doing? What have you eaten? I had one athlete that I work with. He he would get so excited about the game that he goes, "I couldn't go to sleep." So we actually got into we you know he put down a yoga mat and he put on music and he lit a candle yeah. and then he did a meditation and he's like it would help calm my body down and he would visualize he would remember the future but he would also get a chance to get out of his head and just into his body so that he could relax so how and old play is he? the game twenty twenty yeah yeah <clears throat> so Sometimes, that's a great idea you know that's when you can start getting your little kids doing that if they have a little soccer game tomorrow morning. Hey, let's start with a pregame ritual. You know, mm -hmm. just lay on your bed or lay on the floor right now and visualize. You know, remember the future. And yeah, take some I love deep that. breaths. 
I mean, I'll, I, almost every guy, person, I, well, in the NBA, like almost everyone I've ever met, which I've met a lot of them, most, almost all have a pregame ritual. You did know, you see, so, so Mich- Michigan just won the national championship, and did you see the the quarterback went to the Michigan coach, who was Brady's mindset coach as well when he was at Michigan, and they did do this, like, locking eyes, and then he went and sat at the end zone and meditated for a few minutes, like, here the world is going crazy, and he got out of his head and into his body. Mm-hmm. And that's how you play in flow. And then one other question we had is, how do we keep up with all the families that are playing club and rec sports. So um, are you talking about your family or other, your friends, <laughs> the whole world? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a, this is such an expensive, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, whoever they right. are, is you. tough. Yeah. Well, your last yeah. Name. <laughs> right. Something like that. Yeah. And so, you know what? You don't have to keep up with them. You know what? I, you're, if your kid's going to have it, you guys, your kids are going to have it. There's just extra training if they want it, but they need to be the ones that ask for it. But please, when we, you know, when we put our kids in so much expensive sports, like we've talked about this, it's like we put so much pressure on them with unknowingly because we're not saying we're spending all this money on your sports, but they know we're spending a lot of money and they know their living conditions and what, you know, that, what that does to the, so it brings on the stress. So, just hang out there in rec rec world, the recreation world, and and let them. And once they find the joy, like my granddaughter did, and just a rec league, like then they can go with it and run with it. But in general, don't try to stay up with them. If that's what this question is all about, um, you do you and your kids. If they're gonna go big time, but there's so few, there's so few people, kids, young adults that make it so called big time. So it's like, and I will say, if you do get to that age, maybe 12, 13, 14, where they are showing all of those signs and passion about it, many, many, many clubs now, I think most clubs now do have scholarships. There are mm-hmm. money, there is money available. It's still very, very expensive. I know a lot of families like just paying for the hotels and everything. But like with my boys, I would send them on the road. I mean, we didn't, you don't have to go to every single thing that your kid is in. And in fact, I personally think it's healthier. Because again, it goes back to who are they playing for and why are they playing? Mm-hmm. And if the only reason they're going to Vegas is because you're going to be there. And again, not taking anything away. I love watching my kids play. I love being there. But it shouldn't be the only reason they're playing. And so right. if you can't afford it, but you can afford to send them to go with the team and the team has some you know, adults that are going to support them, usually it's like a, a huge win. My daughter's like, oh, great. I get to have somebody else you know, sleep in the room with me and we get to have more fun together and we get to spend more time together. So there are ways if they get to that stage. But right. yeah, I agree with you, Susie. Don't do that early on and don't feel like you need to compete and with that. And be thankful that they didn't get into it till 12. Right. <laughs> you saved your money. <laughs> so rather starting paying all that stuff at age eight. And it's, there's kids who are totally like, they're in it. I always say that one son of mine that played with the Lakers for all those years, like he, he was seven saying he was playing in the league. There was not even a question in his mind that he wasn't going to the NBA. And so there were those kids too that you want to, promote but it has to be their doing not your doing i was working with a very very famous uh nba player's daughter last night and she's 16 and she started playing volleyball at 13 and she was riding horses before that Mm -hmm. and she's like it was great but i loved it and maybe she'll get the talent to do it but if that's what she wants and maybe she won't and i credit the dad who knows obviously how much work it is to get to that level and sustain it 
he realizes, gosh, I got to let her figure it out if yeah. that's what she wants. Whose dream is it? Chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, okay. This is so much fun. We're going to have yes. some mini guests. Please, we love the questions. Please keep the questions coming. You can, you know, follow me on the Substack at Kirsten Jones Coach. Follow Susie and I both on Instagram or anywhere you can find us on our websites. Send us questions. Um, <laughs> Wherever you can find us. In the ocean. We're, we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Susie's headed to the ocean right, right now. now. Yeah. It's going to be so, cold, you guys. Uh, it's 59 <laughs> degrees in that water right now. What am I doing? I have to. <laughs> It's important for my mental well-being. I'm so inspired by you. <laughs> She's going to boogie board. I love yeah. it. That's amazing. Um, and we would love to hear from you. We would love to connect with you. Hopefully, let us know if there's places you want to hear us speak. We would love to come come meet with you and, and support your journey. This is so much fun. It takes a lot of grit and resilience and gratitude for us to do this. And parents, we know it's not easy. But we can enjoy the ride if we allow them to drive the process. Amen. <laughs> so uh, like us, follow us, buy Raising Empowered Athletes, buy Susie's book Key to Personal Amazon. Freedom, How Myths Affect Our Family Lives. It's no longer on Amazon. You will have to oh. find me at my website, indigovillage.com. Perfect. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. That was great. So good to be back on.